Well, let's read our scriptures today from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 7. Hallelujah. This is a very famous scripture to us. We have said it like a thousand times. I mean, as long as I think I've been in NLC, I have known this scripture by heart. And this is what it says. And I love how the ESV puts it. It says, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also. And whoever sows bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You may be seated in his presence today. What a privilege it is for me to be able to stand here and give the word of the Lord, even in pastor's absentia. Man, I just count it all joy and what a privilege. Uh, I know last week, man, weren't you so blessed by Pastor Nelson and just the message? Weren't you start to go out and declare the good news of the word of God? And I just believe that God has something in store for you today. So this is how I want to begin. If you and I are ever going to do something amazing, listen, if you and I are ever going to do something amazing for the Lord, we have to be generous givers. You never hear about a great life that doesn't involve a lifestyle of generosity. Generous givers are history makers. We know how the scripture says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And this is so true. So you and I need to enlarge our world so as to make a significant impact for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I am in that place in my life right now where I want to do something significant for the glory of God. I'm in a stage of life where I'm looking at where I've come from and where I want to go and the short period of time that I have to do it. And I want to do something significant for the Lord. And I believe if that is going to happen, we have to enlarge our world. You know, I have the privilege of having some strong women surrounding my life. I have the privilege of having strong women surrounding my life. But more than that, they are such great givers. That is a quality that stands out in their life. My wife is one of those people. She's an incredible giver. I'm telling you, she gives like there's no tomorrow. She will give anything and everything. Every time she's blessed, she always sees it as an opportunity blessed. My mom was one of those givers. She was an incredible giver. In fact, my mom's generosity was the one that is bad. You know those guys who are so generous, it's bad. It's not longer good. She would give until she has nothing left. My mom one time took our entire savings and gave it away to her church because they needed a building. And she just felt, let me give, and she just gave it away. Those are days we came home, all our clothes were given away because the family was in need. And my mom felt enormous and we are looking at her thinking, we are also in need. She gave it all away. She was such an incredible giver that one day she was passing, she saw some street children, very young. Her heart was moved with compassion. What happened? They were in our house. As we just see a bunch of kids have come from school and I'm like, well, who are these? Just there, they're in the bathroom being washed and scrubbed and being given new clothes. She took them in. And we're, I mean, that night was a scary night. I mean, we've locked our doors. I mean, these people have been out in the streets. We don't know what they'll do to us. And my mom was just, and we asked her, what are you doing? And she's just feeling like, I couldn't leave them there. And in our heads, we're thinking, but they've been there. <laughs> and they're surviving. <laughs> But she just had to take them in. Do you know to the extent that she took one of the girls and we stayed with her for months? For months. 
Because she couldn't let her go out with her brothers. She just felt, no, this one we're going to stay. And she started a feeding program for these kids. And began to feed them every day until one time she was able to connect them to their mom and just reunite them. And, you know, bless the mom and help her to be, give her a business. That was her. She had such a great testimony in the community that one day there were kids, you know, the kids in the estates who live in the nearby, you know, not so fortunate places who come to beg. These kids were like five, six years of age and they stayed out too long and now they couldn't go home. They couldn't figure out their way home. So the watchman saw them and stayed with them and was waiting for my mom to come because he knew. If I tell that woman, something will be done. And truth the next thing, my mom took them and said, I'll stay with them. They were bathed, they were clothed, they were fed, they had a good place to sleep. And the next day, my mom took them home. That was the heart that she had. She was such an incredible person. She shined the light of Christ everywhere she went. If we are going to make a difference in this world, church, we have to be generous givers. Even God make to, even, even God, for him to have made the difference that he needed to give, the Bible says God so loved the world that he, he gave. So the above scripture that we have read stems from Paul's writing about the people of Macedonia concerning the generous gift that they had promised to send to the Christians in Jerusalem. This was such a big phenomenon because the Macedonian people were not a rich people. In fact, scripture tells us they were poor, but yet they had committed to give such a generous gift. This group was such an example for the body of Christ then, and I believe is such an example for the body of Christ today. So in the beginning of chapter 9, the scriptures that we've just read, Paul was writing to them to make sure what they had promised to give was a willing gift and not something forced. So he begins the thought by telling them in verse 6, if you so big... You get big. If you sow small, you get small. You know, sometimes the scripture is so plain that we miss it. We miss it. We miss it. The Bible says, if you sow generously, imagine generously you will get. But if you sow stingily, that's what is going to come back to you. And then he continues in verse 7 and goes ahead to demonstrate what is first needed in us in order to help us to become generous givers, but I believe more than becoming generous givers, to become consistent givers in our Christian journey. So the title of my message today is Discovering the Heart of Generous Giving. Discovering the Heart of Generous Giving. A heart of giving is God's heart. God is a giving God. That's why today I am so convinced that what we are believing for that God is able, and not only able, God has the heart to bless us. God has a heart to bless us. He's always having a willing heart towards us. He wants to be a blessing to us. The word heart in scripture speaks of the mind. It speaks of the mind. It speaks of character, inner self, our will, intention, center. It's the affective center of our being. That's your heart. And the capacity for moral preference, volitional desire, choice. That's what we mean by the heart of giving, the choice of giving. Giving God's way is not a one-time event. It's not that I gave yesterday or I gave the other day. And that is all. God desires that our giving be a part of who we are. And thus becoming part and parcel of our character. 
What we see throughout the Bible, what is so evident in the Bible is the heart of giving more than the gift that is being given. If God can capture your heart, he will definitely capture your hands. If he can capture your, ha- your heart, he will definitely capture your hands. Because the Bible tells us, yeah, it tells us that where your heart is, your treasure will also be. Because if you have the heart of giving, you're not limited just to the gift, but you've even given of yourself. Ananias and Sapphira were these kind of people who didn't understand this revelation. Their heart was not in the right place. So they wickedly concocted to lie to the Holy Spirit. And then they came to discover that God wasn't interested in what they were giving. He was interested in their heart. It was their heart he was looking for. And because they didn't have the heart of giving, they decided to lie. And Paul, Peter was just looking at them. It was like, the thing was yours to decide. It was yours. The gift was yours. God didn't tell you the amount he needed. He was like, if you're willing. So he was looking at their heart. So what can we discover from our key verse? In verse 7 especially, concerning the heart of generous giving. Number one, it is a decision. Bible says each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Decisions take an act of the will. Practically, it involves us taking the time to think and search ourselves to see what needs to be given. We can easily find ourselves very undecided where giving is concerned. You know, water for water, that was a decision that was made. One of us, Miss Amy specifically, had the heart for those who don't have water around our nation. And she was thinking and thinking and thinking about it. And then the plan was made and now we have water for water and now we are helping people all over the country. Because of a decision, she was deciding, she was thinking, how can I be a blessing to be people? An undecided heart is a hindrance to generous giving. An undecided heart is a hindrance to generous giving. If you're not thinking about what you're giving, how much you need to give, the chances are you will never get involved. Generous people are always thinking about others and how they can be a blessing to them. My mother constantly thought of how to be a blessing. My wife is constantly thinking. My wife has started this thing where she helps mothers, new mothers to get everything that they need. She just thinks that way. People call her now until I have all these clothes and she says, bring them. I'll find someone to be a blessing. She's constantly thinking, how can I be a blessing to these mothers? The word for decide in this scripture is also the word purposed. That word purpose means to choose for oneself before another. To choose for oneself before another. That is to prefer, to purpose. To discover that heart of generous giving, one has to constantly prefer giving anything else and make a choice to give over competing things. Even the Bible tells us it's more blessed to give than to receive so that it is giving you the good choice. Telling you it's more blessed for you to give than to receive. Deciding is such a hard thing. It's not an easy thing, deciding to give. I've told you before, I am um, 
blessed man, I have so many shoes. More shoes than most men and most women have. My wife makes fun of me. She says I wear three types of shoes every day without fail. I have these shoes, then I go home, I wear home shoes, then I leave the house and wear outside shoes. And depending on the day that I'm in, I choose, I decide I am blessed. I just want to tell you I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. But one time I counted how many shoes I have. I was so embarrassed because it was too much. <laughs> and when I say it's too much, it's too much. That number you're thinking, just double it. <laughs> That's how much shoes I have. And then the other day, my brother came from America. He has the same problem I do. So he gave, brought for me more shoes. <laughs> so now it's, it's getting out of hand. And you know, in your head, I'm thinking, I should give away some of these shoes. It will be good. Someone will be blessed. But something inside of me <laughs> fights to keep those shoes. I kept start thinking, ah, that shoe will go well with that outfit. Let me not give that one. Let me put that one aside. Eh? Let me put that one aside. Oh, I'm like, let me give this one. Then I look at that one, I'm like, it looks a little bit old. Maybe it looks bad if I give someone that. So let me keep it. I'll be using it for something. And then it comes now. I don't even have an opportunity to give anyone anything. Because I'm not decided. If we don't intentionally choose to give, we will find ourselves never giving. <laughs> never giving. One of the greatest enemies of giving is self you, you are your own hindrance to giving. You have to decide to overcome self so as to develop a heart of generous giving. These people of Macedonia, the Bible tells us they gave fast of themselves. They gave fast of themselves. They overcame themselves and were able, even in their poverty, to give more than they could give. The woman with the two mites chose to give everything she had. She made a decision to give everything she has that Jesus acknowledged that she had given more than everyone else. The woman, the widow with Elijah. The Bible says Elijah came to her and said, okay, make for me a cake first. And the woman is like, what? I was just going to make the last one so we die. And here you are telling me at now I make you fast. She had to come to a place of deciding. She had to decide and her decision led to a supernatural miracle that took place in her life. There's a famous English preacher called John Wesley. I don't know if you know about John Wesley. He's the one who began the Methodist movement. This man was not only known for the revival he brought to England in the 18th century, but this man was a giver. He records that one year his income was 30 pounds and his living expenses was 28 pounds. So he had two pounds to give away. The next year, his income doubled. But he still managed. He decided to live on the 28 pounds he had come to. So he had 32 pounds to give to the poor. In the third year, his income jumped to 90 pounds. Instead of letting his expenses rise with his income, he kept them to 28 pounds and gave away 62 pounds. In the fourth year, he received 120 pounds. As before, his expenses were again 28 pounds. So he gave, his giving rose to 92 pounds. Wesley felt that the Christian should not merely tithe but give away all the extra income once the family and the creditors have been taken care of. He believed that with increasing income, what should increase is not the Christian standard of living, 
but the standard of giving. This man was so great in his giving that when he died, he had a state funeral. And when they came to settle his affairs, no money was found except coins in his drawers. He had given everything away. You and I can decide today to live generously. So decide to. Secondly, it's voluntary. It's voluntary. Not reluctant or under compulsion. This is how you get through the heart of giving. It's always voluntary. These are the marks of it. The key to not be reluctant or under compulsion is to first decide to be a giver. When you've decided, I'm going to be a giver, you're not forced to give. Your decision to give will position you to want to give. The scriptures in Luke 6.30, and I love this scripture because it's a hard scripture. It's a hard scripture. You know those hard scriptures to receive? These are hard scripture to receive. It says, give to everyone who asks you. Some of you are so holy and so wonderful and such open hearts. I mean, read this. It says, give to everyone who asks you for something. That sounds like pressure. <laughs> if someone takes what is yours, don't insist on getting it back. <laughs> Imagine. Me, I read it, I'm like, what? Lord, this is a hard saying. <laughs> Very hard saying. I don't know how to receive this one. Give to everyone. Such a life has to be voluntary. That's the true heart of giving. It is by your own accord. Giving has to come from desire, not necessity or compulsion. You have to desire it. If there is pressure to you, for you to give it, that's not the heart of giving. That's not the heart of giving. God is never put under pressure to give to us. Giving flows freely from his heart. That's why it is written in Isaiah 65, 24. I will provide for their needs before they even ask. And I will help them while they are still asking for help. Someone needs to hear that today. Before you ask, God has already made preparations for you. God has already gone before you and he's made a way where there seems to be no help. Even before you sought his help, God has already made the help available for you because he's a generous God. He's always willing. So let God be our example for giving. He's always willing and eager to give us. Generosity only flows from a heart that is desirous to give. To give. Pressure never breeds generosity. Pressure never breeds generosity. And I know we're living in a time and in an age where, buddy, there are so many things that are pressuring us. Life is under pressure. Our finances are under pressure. But you and I have to give of ourselves. You and I have to volunteer ourselves to position ourselves so that every opportunity that comes, we are able to give. Thirdly and lastly, it's a delight. Giving is a delight. The Bible says, for God loves a cheerful giver. I need to pause here and tell you, man, there are very few places where you hear what God loves. And you hear what God hates. As a Christian, you need to pay attention to what God loves. And you also need to pay a good attention to what God hates. Because you always want to be in the position of where God loves. And here the Bible tells us God loves a cheerful giver. The message, the message puts it this way. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. When you delight in the giving, this speaks of someone who is so cheerfully ready to give because they have already been persuaded 
them they already bought in they already and is sold they can't hardly wait to give haven't you ever met people who can't hardly wait to give i've been in the presence in my life of people who are so generous it's ridiculous how generous they, they look for opportunity to give you go out for lunch they are the first ones in line so that they can pay for you they don't want you to remove anything you go for them in the supermarket i had this individual who had come and was visiting and i remember men being with him and everywhere we went he paid for everything i thought he was the accountant for the team because <laughs> that's what accountants do they wait for everything is done then they pay just to find out no this was in his own accord every time you'd step forward you'd remove his money already ready and then you'd be like you whisper in your ear this is on me this is on me this is on me Man, you almost want to keep that guy. <laughs> You're like, don't leave me. When he got on a plane to leave, tears. <laughs> Real tears. <laughs> It's an attractive quality. That's why God loves cheerful givers. They have been won over and are inclined to give. This is something that I have discovered. That a cheerful giver is always a dependable giver. is always a dependable giver when giving is a desire that flows out of joy giving is consistent when it's a joy giving is consistent it's that simple you can depend on the happiest of givers to always give you can depend on them i love how the amplified classic expounds this verse it says for god loves he takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful joyous prompt to do it giver whose heart in his is in his giving cheerful givers are always prompt to give they are always prompt god can always count on them to do so so this is how I want to finish our time together this is the promise of god and god is able god is able to the one who's desiring to have the heart of giving the one who wants to be a generous giver who wants their lives to be marked as generous you know so many times we don't think about the end of our lives that's why the bible says it's good to be in the house of mourners than in the house of the living because for the believer you take stock that all this is about to end and we think that people will stand here when speaking in our tributes and say you are such a wonderful person <laughs> you are such a great person this guy was a generous giver my question to you if that's the testimony you want what are you doing today what are you doing today do you have this heart for giving because what this is what the bible says god is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work god is looking he's searching who can i show this abundant grace to so that in all things at all times that's what another translation says having all that you need that you may abound in every good work one of my greatest prayers the scripture that says god will make you rich in every way so that you might be generous in every occasion 
We sang it today in our praise. I'm blessed. I'm blessed so that I can be a blessing. When we decide in our heart to give, desire is without any coercion. And cheerful giving comes forth. And great impact and fruitfulness awaits us on the other side of our obedience. So as you go out today, decide to be a giver. Get on the volunteer team of givers who cheerfully want to give. I'm, I'm asking you, open your heart. Open your heart. Be sensitized to the needs of others. Look around you and begin to see from what you have. How can I be a blessing? How can I touch lives? Can I tell you my mom was not the richest person in the world? My wife is not the richest person in the world. My grandmother, who that gift has come from, is not the richest person in the world. These people are normal human beings. They give from what they have. From what you have, be a blessing. Remember, to decide means to choose over another. Make the choice today to be a blessing. Make the choice. Volunteer yourself and say, I am going to be a blessing. Wake up in the morning and declare and decide, as I leave today, I am going to be a blessing. And begin to get excited because of the lives that you're about to change. Because of the lives that you're about to touch. Generous givers are history makers. Let us stand in the presence of the Lord. This heart of generous giving. Covet that heart. Plead for that heart. Ask God to give you his heart of giving. Because it's only generous givers who change the world. Who change the world. Look around you. Look at our city. Look at our neighborhoods. There are people just waiting. Can I tell you the gospel is so easy to preach when giving is involved. It's so easy to give when giving is involved. Later on we shall be having Haga home. This, in this season we're going to be having Haga home. And my encouragement is get involved. Because that's how we are going to preach this good news. Is when we have a heart to give. The good news originated with a giver. So how are we expecting for it to continue with stingy people? When we decide to give, the good news comes freely. The Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. So if you're here and you're like me, desires for this heart of giving. Come on, lift your hands before the Lord. You desire to have a generous heart. To have a generous heart. That you're sensitized to the needs of those around us. Come on, open your heart before the Lord. And begin to cry out and say, God, I want to have this heart. I want my life to be marked by generous giving. I want to be known as one who gives. I want to go about my life in a manner where my mind, my heart is in tune to giving. Father, I pray for us today that if anyone of us has the heart of stone, 
Break that heart, that cold heart, that indifferent heart. That heart that doesn't want to get involved. That heart that feels that it's a nuisance to get involved with people. I pray that heart is broken. That heart is defeated in the mighty name of Jesus. The heart of giving is your heart. And today we're asking, give us your heart, oh God. Give us your heart that we might go about being a blessing. Because if you can get it through us, then you can get it to us. And I pray for us today in the mighty name of Jesus. We do pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, can we appreciate the Lord? I'm seeing some history makers right here. I'm seeing some people who are about to make a difference right here. I'm seeing some lives who are about to be changed as a result of your life.